Please help me welcome J. Lauren Norris. It's amazing to me when I go into restaurants these days and I see kids gathered around. When I say kids, I mean, well, from five years old with their iPad in front of them all the way up to my age <clears throat> with their cell phone in front of them. <clears throat> and they're not talking to the people at the table with them. I, it doesn't matter if they're in the lobby waiting for a seat or they're actually at the table with an appetizer in front of them. Often they're staring at their phone and reaching over their phone to grab an appetizer. Leadership, I don't think, excels in an environment like that. Now, it doesn't mean it hasn't been done. It doesn't mean that there aren't tools like apps and conversation tools that have improved our ability to communicate with strangers. But I think leaders really need to regain face-to-face -face communication as an art form. That's what I want to talk about in this episode of Leading Leaders. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And I can tell you it's a very frustrating thing to try to have a conversation with someone when you can tell they rely on spell check. Not because all the words are spelled properly, but because sometimes spell check will spell a word that it sounds similar, like a homonym, only different. It sounds similar, but it has a completely different meaning. And sometimes it's hard to tell because someone's lazy and they just use all caps to type. And you really can't tell the intonation of what they're saying. Is it angry? Is it frustrated? Are they really shouting? Or are they just too lazy to type capitals upper and lower case? Or maybe they don't know the proper punctuation. See, it's fascinating to me when you watch things like transcripts and slideshows and things of that nature, when people capitalize words that the words they capitalize are significant. Like I was watching one just today where the, they talked about how the WHO was going to implement certain policies and that the quote state party would be the ones that would filter how that international policy would impact local communities. The irony was state and party were both capitalized. And I'm trying to think back to all of my understanding of government, local civics, county, state, national. What is a state party? We don't have one of those in the US. But to give them the authority to determine how our local community is going to operate under an international globalist uh, world purview, that seems significant to me. But see, we've, we've lost this ability to communicate face to face. And when you get caught up in the text string concept and everything that comes across the, the dashboard in the form of a text, every transcript can be just just a couple of words off what you see the lips saying as you're watching the person. I watched an ad just the other day and at the end of the ad, I turned to my wife and I said, there's nothing human about that ad. Not even the person in the ad. It was a character generation, CGI, computer generated graphics. There was nothing human about it. It was all artificial intelligence. The scripting was not human but the message was very specific. That kind of frightens me. 
But it also means that it's really easy with all the deep fakes and the ability to manipulate your voice and make you sound like you said something you didn't say. If people don't know your character well enough, they would never be strong enough in their own convictions to say, that's not just something they didn't say, that's something they wouldn't say. Please let that settle into your mind for a moment. It's not just something they didn't say, it's something they wouldn't say. See, we struggle sometimes with just a little bit of manipulation and wondering, well, did they really say that? And, and what did they really mean by that? And it's hard to tell with just a few subtle changes. Is that really what they said? Is that really what they meant? Was that really the implication? Did they really understand everything they were saying? It, it, am I supposed to get the nuances of what was said? Or am I only supposed to listen to the words or read the text on the screen? And if the text on the screen and the words coming out of their mouth, or at least what I hear, are not the same. And oh, by the way, yes, that's three different things. The words the person said, what you heard, and what was on the screen are three different things. But let's just add one more thing into that. What about what they actually said compared to what you actually heard? Because there's one more filter there, and that's your own brain, your own conscious bias, your own predetermined outcomes, your own desires. And sometimes the story that you're hearing from somebody else, well, it has a set of meanings and intentions, and they know what they were trying to convey, but because of your past pain, your past trauma, your expectations, your hope for the future, you heard something entirely different. You might remember a few years back there was a phrase, yes, we can. We can what? We can what? And what really happens when you have a phrase that powerful, yes, we can, and you begin to chant it, five million people hear it, and five million people have five million different ideas of what we can accomplish, do, feel, produce, see, experience. Because they come to yes, we can with their own preconceived notions and predetermined outcomes. And because that's true, yes, we can becomes a mantra that rallies people around you to do whatever it is that you want done because they are convinced that you will make whatever they want done possible. Well, marry that together with the old psychology of Zig Ziglar that says, if you help enough other people get what they want out of life, you will get what you want out of life. If I convince you, yes, we can. We can build a better tomorrow. We can build a better bridge. We can be a better society. We can do all of those things. We can make you wealthy. We can give you a better place to live. We can give you a better education. We can give you more opportunity. We can level the playing field. We can restore hope for those who've lost it. We can remove oppression for those who've experienced it. Yes, we can. And whatever your dream, whatever your hope, whatever your expectations are, are now driven by yes, we can. But first, you have to help me. You know, realize, again, we're talking about three or four levels of communication and a single statement of three words. But what you heard, what was said, the words that were actually audibly communicated and what was typed on the screen could have all been different things with just a, just a minor 
minor adjustment. It doesn't take much. But that minor adjustment, that little bit of tweak, that can change everything. And here's why I say I believe leaders need to regain the art of face-to-face -face communication. Because this digital stuff can be so easily manipulated. It can be completely manufactured. A voice that you trust, not just a voice that you know. Familiarity and trust are not the same thing. But a voice that you trust, it has a certain tenor to it, a certain volume and pace and resonance. And everyone trusts a different voice just a little bit differently. There are people who resonate with that. I think his name was T. Boone Pickens. He used to do a, a radio ad in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. And his deep, bellowing, southern country voice, he would say, I'd rather be a fence post in Texas than the king of Tennessee. And it was just that kind of voice that you trusted. And you didn't really even have to resonate deeply with what he said. The words didn't have to be deeply true. You just felt like somebody poured warm honey over your head when you heard it. The psychologists, the manipulators, the Madison Avenue guys who mastered advertising at the turn of the century, the 19th century, coming into the 1900s. The birth of the 20th century was a whole new world of psychology. It was a whole new world when the CIA and the FBI realized that through movies, they could manipulate societies, they could change cultural belief systems, monitor and modify the behavior of their citizens. Oh, they've been very, very busy at it since then. All you've got to do is watch the major themes of all of the different movies. I don't care if you're a Marvel guy or a DC guy, they all come to the same conclusion. And at some point, like Endgame, they want you to believe that the good guy doesn't always win. That's a scary thought. But see, leaders who've lost the ability to look somebody in the eye and communicate heart to heart, face to face, knee to knee, toe to toe, to read body language, to listen to intonation, to understand that people say often something different than what they think or feel. They unintentionally communicate what they thought they were keeping secret. Or you, you should see the books on either side of me that, that talk about the psychology of communication, the FBI interrogation methods, the processes used to make sure that you know if somebody's lying or not, the way to read people's body language even before they speak a word, not just the way they dress, but the way they enter into a room, the, the things that they say and the things they intentionally don't say, the type of questions they ask, the way they answer the questions you ask. See, all of those can be done in a face-to-face -face way in a way that digitally can be modified. As leaders, we are responsible for the level of our communication, and it is by far the most important aspect of your leadership, your ability to communicate. And when you haven't studied how to read the body language, how to deliver, how to communicate audibly and silently. If you haven't dedicated yourself to learning those things, then you will inadvertently, unintentionally communicate things that you did not mean to communicate. You will say things that words never came out of your mouth. They were in your head. They came across in your body language. They came across in the facial expressions that you use in the eye movements, they came across in the way that you delivered what you said, the pace, the volume. 
the fact that you slowed down or sped up, the fact that you emphasized certain words and not other words. All of those things communicate something that you may not be aware you're communicating. And face-to-face, -face, they communicate differently than they do in a digital format. Oh, I know the world's going digital. I know AI is stepping in and communicating for us in many, many ways. It's scraping data and compiling data and making analysis that in the past would have taken 10 humans years to do. I get that. It concerns me. And I think as a leader, it should concern you. You should consider what exactly does that mean for the future of human communication? And I don't care if you're talking about your kids or your grandkids or you're talking about your competitors or you're talking about the CEO of another organization. The ability to sit down face to face and have a conversation to read the humans around you, to understand their expectations. It is a palpable need right now in our world. Whether you have to use translators or interpreters or not, you need to learn to communicate face to face across the table, on the fishing pier, wherever you're gonna be with the humans around you. Because the day is coming fast that everything that comes to you digitally should be in question. Everything. Wait, that sounds like a phrase we've heard from years before. Question everything. Yeah, I think that's a good motto. But when you're face to face, you better be sure that you know what you're communicating. To whom and why? And is it what you meant to say? Because if you're not taking the time to do that, then you're not very effectively leading the narrative. You might be saying what you didn't intend to. You might be leading people to a conclusion you don't agree with, to take action on a path you would never follow. If you're gonna lead people, you've gotta be a great communicator. And I challenge you, especially in this day, to work on your skills communicating face to face. It's an art form that many leaders have lost and we need to get it back. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast or Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. Hi, my name is Christina Knowles and I just got done taking Jay Lauren's Story Power Masterclass. It was amazing. I took away so much information. Um, one of the things that I really enjoyed being formally trained in media many, many years ago is the call to action. I will use that with every speaking engagement and I'm so grateful that Lauren just um, spoke truth into his teachings and he is a true professional. And I know this might sound weird, but I've been taking certifications in different classes over the years, and Lauren is not boring. I can't even believe I got here at nine, and then the class went by so fast that I was like, it's time to go already? And I was shocked that it was time to go already. So it's an awesome class. You're going to enjoy it, I promise. Lauren is a master teacher on storytelling, and I learned so much. Um, I'm really going to have to sit down and go back through everything, and I think I might have to have some more coffees with Lauren, but uh, it was totally worth my time.